Hey, what we are going to do is we are in a series that we call Summer Shorts. So Summer Shorts, Summer Shorts. See the connection? It's an excuse for the teachers on stage to wear shorts is what it really is. And so what we're going to do this summer is we're going to take a look at short verses or short stories in the Bible. And um, last week what we did was Pastor Trey kicked off the series with the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And so as we were... As my wife and I were leaving the service last week, Kelly said to me, you know, there's a verse, a, th- a verse with three words in it that I just heard a teaching on that was really good. And I said, what verse was it? And she said, it's a verse from Luke. It's remember Lot's wife. Woo, anybody here know that verse? I was like, oh, I'm not familiar with that verse. So I, you know, I, I spent some time looking at it and I felt like, okay, so we started last week with two words. Today, we're going we're gonna to look at this. I changed up my teaching so we can look at Remember Lot's Wife with three words. And why am I sharing this with you? Because next week, Pastor Melissa's up, and I'm challenging her to find a verse with four words in it. And let's see how long we can keep this moving forward, okay? So here we are in our series, Summer Shorts. And what I'm going to do is every time I have a chance to teach this summer, I want to take a look at statements that Jesus makes in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to look at those. And since... Remember Lot's wife is a statement that Jesus makes. I said, you know what, let's, let's, let's look at that. But in order to set up that whole idea, let me back up a little bit and remind us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And nowhere in the Bible does God ask for perfect faith. He asks for faith. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is dad who comes to Jesus because his son is sick No one could help his son, so he brings his son to Jesus and says, can you please heal my son? And Jesus asks dad, do you believe that I can? And dad's answer is, I do believe, help my unbelief. Isn't that awesome? How many of us are going through life faking faith? God is awesome. God is so great. I know he's going to be good to me. And we're phonies. Because we don't believe it. Because we've convinced ourselves, oh, I have to pretend I have faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. Listen, the story of dad coming to Jesus and his son being healed shows me that if I have 5% faith and 95% doubt, all God asks me for is give him the 5% and watch what he can do. See, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know how much doubt you have. You might have 1% faith that God can save you. Give him the 1%. Watch what he can do. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible nowhere says without perfect faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why Jesus says the faith of a mustard seed. You got a teeny tiny mustard seed faith in you? You got like 0.5% of faith in you, 99.5% doubt. Give God the 0.5%. Watch what he can do. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because faith is always looking forward. What do I mean by that? Well, the Bible says faith assures us of things we expect. The reason we need faith as followers of Jesus is because God says he's going to do something. We have to believe him because we haven't seen it yet. So yesterday at Nancy's funeral service, I had an opportunity to speak to the family, speak to the people who were here. And one of the things I said was that her faith 
was amazing. She struggled for the last 10 years of her life with significant issues, physical, I mean, significant stuff, multiple brain surgeries. I mean, just significant stuff. And Nancy's faith was so tenacious that she kept looking forward. And what she would kept, kept doing to all of the nurses and doctors and therapists was she kept saying how good her God was. Isn't that nuts? You know what it is? It's faith. We prayed for healing. Guess what? Monday about 6 o'clock, she experienced ultimate healing, and she's in heaven now. No pain, no suffering, no disease. See, do you believe that no matter the diagnosis, no matter where you are, God's plan for you is ultimately for good? And even if it means transporting you from here to heaven, that's a good thing. See, faith assures us that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do it. That's why we need faith. Because if we don't believe God, we're calling God a liar. And James says God's not going to do a thing for you if you think God's a liar. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, being confident of this very thing, God who began a good work in you will complete it. God's not a quitter. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you've done it with. I don't care how far you think you are from God. I don't care how long you've been running from God. When God begins a good work in you, he will complete it. You can bank on it. It takes faith to believe it. And in this phrase, Christ came as high priest of the what? Of the what? Good things to come. I mean, what a title for Jesus. It's like Jesus proclaiming, I am the high priest of all the good things to come in your life. Do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus has good for you? That Jesus has good for your family, for your marriage? Yeah, but Pastor Rob, you don't know what I'm facing. You don't know the diagnosis. You don't know the situation. You don't know the trouble I've created. Do you in faith believe that Jesus, your high priest, is the high priest of all the good things to come in your life? See, it's faith. We need faith to believe it. That's why without faith, it's impossible to please God. I don't need, we don't need perfect faith. You've got whatever little nugget of faith you have. And then here's our text. Remember Lot's wife. I, I got to tell you something. When, when Kelly mentioned this verse to me, I'm like, Ooh, I, I'm not familiar with this verse. It's in Luke 17. Jesus is giving this long teaching. And, and right in the middle of his teaching, he makes a three-letter comment Remember Lot's wife. Doesn't even mention her name. And I'm like, well, Lot's wife is not known for doing good stuff. So why isn't Jesus asking us to remember women who did good stuff? Like, why doesn't he say, remember Queen Esther? Right? For such a time as this. She rose up 
and she saved the nation. Or why doesn't Jesus say, remember Deborah, the prophet, the judge that ruled Israel in the Old Testament? She's worthy of remembering. Or why doesn't Jesus say, remember my mother Mary? Certainly she's worthy of remembering. Jesus only says, remember someone one time in the Bible. And it's right here. Remember Lot's wife. In order for us to remember Lot's wife, we have to remember the story of Lot and his wife and his family. And if you go way back in the Old Testament, Lot and his family have settled in a place that is very wicked. And God has had just about everything he could stand when he watched the wickedness. And God says, I'm going to destroy it. So when people say to me, Pastor Rob, the world is so wicked, it's never been more wicked, I say, have you read the Old Testament? It was bad. So God says, I'm going to destroy these towns. But he says, Lot and his family are righteous. I'm going to show mercy to them and save them. So he tells them to leave. They don't leave. They linger. And so the story picks up when Lot still hesitated. So God's telling him, leave. Time to go. So he's still hesitating. The angel seized his hand in the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives, don't look back or stop, or you'll be destroyed. I've said this to you numerous times when I've taught. I'm so glad I live after Jesus than before Jesus. Because truly, if I lived before Jesus, I would have been, God would have killed me many years ago. Because the Old Testament is a picture of a holy God who punishes and judges sin. Which is why you see scenes like this. The Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people, every bit of vegetation. Listen, don't ask me to explain that. All I can tell you is, when we celebrate communion, we're looking back at Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And we're so grateful that he died for us because he took our punishment. Otherwise, God would still be doing this today to us. That's why the Old Testament is so, is so rough. That's why the Old Testament has so much destruction in it. Because Jesus hasn't happened yet. The only reason we have grace from God is because of Jesus. The only reason God forgives our sin is because of Jesus. The only reason we can have right standing with God is because of Jesus. That's why we celebrate communion. So Jesus came and was the punishment for all of us. And God stopped judging the world like that because he judged his son on the cross. So Lot and his wife and family are fleeing the city. They've been told, don't turn around. I can remember as a kid in Sunday school hearing the story and thinking, if the city behind me is being destroyed and you're hearing all the noises, aren't you like going to be curious and look back? 
Lot's wife looked back longingly and was turned into a pillar of salt. Don't ask me to explain this verse. But here's what I can tell you. The sin that Lot's wife committed was not just looking back. What was her sin? She looked back longingly. She looked back longingly. Now, here we go. I'm not talking about the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah today. The prophet Ezekiel deals with it. Jesus deals with it. Other places in the Bible deal with it. That's another study. I'm not looking at the comparisons Jesus made between Lot's day and our day. I'm not talking about obedience versus disobedience. I'm not trying to decode the end times. I'm just not. You know, in Luke 17, our passage Jesus is teaching a lot about end time stuff and it's heavy language and all that kind of stuff. And listen, here's here's my simple understanding of the end times. Jesus said he did not know the end times. He himself did not know the day or the hour of the end times. And if Jesus says that, then I don't think I have the ability to decode it. And so when people predict dates, people predict years, people put maps together and say this is how it's going to happen, I think it's foolishness because if Jesus can't figure it out, I'm not going to try to figure it out. I believe it. I know it's going to happen. I don't know how exactly it's going to happen. But in faith, I say I'm going to stick to what I know the Bible wants me to know. And there's mysterious stuff in the Bible we're never going to understand. All right? So we're not going to try to decode the end times. And that's why for the last point there, I said, nope, not going to do it. So what are we going to talk about out of the story? Just one simple thing. Looking back. Versus looking forward. Looking back versus looking forward. Here's why. Everything good for you as a follower of Jesus Christ is looking forward. Not back here. Lot's wife looked longingly back here. She thought her best life was behind her. She didn't believe God was serious when he said he was going to bless. See, Lot's wife wanted to go back. God said, I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to take you somewhere else. Lot's wife really believed that what she had was so good that God was going to take something good from her and give her cheap stuff in return. Lot's wife was convinced the stuff she had accumulated over the years was so good that she could never have anything as good or better moving forward. In fact, Lot's wife was resentful that God was saying, leave everything behind and run because she found her identity in her stuff, in the life that she had, in the stuff that she accumulated. Aren't you glad none of us live like that? See, Lot's wife really believed that what she had was so much better than anything God was ever going to bless her with moving forward. It's that simple. So when Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, they're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You believe it? I mean, really believe it? 
where you're looking back. Because you don't know if you can trust God. A few weeks ago, I had, had a yoke on stage, and we looked at this verse where Jesus invited all of us to yoke up with him and do life with him. And at the end of the service, I, I challenged all of you to go home and literally picture yourself putting on the yoke, and Jesus is on the other side. And Jesus is going to lead you forward. But Jesus calls us to a life of sacrifice. Jesus calls us to a life of service. Jesus calls us to a life of forsaking ourselves, picking up our crosses daily and following him. And I said, but that's the good life, forward. How many of us have yoked up with Jesus? How many of us truly believe that in leaving this stuff behind, my life, the life I've accumulated, and yoking up with Jesus and picking up my cross daily and following Jesus, how many of us really believe that that's the good life? Do you know why so many of us don't yoke up with Jesus? Because we're just like Lot's wife. And we're looking back and saying, I know you want me to give this up, God, but it's too good. I don't believe you're going to be as good in the future. I'm going to hang on to this. So we love Jesus just enough to let him forgive our sin. But we don't love him enough or believe him enough to follow. That's what Lot's wife did. Remember Lot's wife, Jesus says. See, Jesus is warning us. Don't linger in your past. It's okay to look back and have memories, good, bad, but don't live in the past. Jesus is reminding us that the past is to be learned from. It's not to be lived in. Some of us are living in the past, people. Hey, wasn't COVID brutal? Wasn't the election of 2020 brutal? All the race stuff that was going on, all the discussions about race, everybody getting so angry during the summer of 2020, George Floyd, all that stuff, and there was all of this anger. Wasn't that brutal? And some of us keep looking back and saying, man, everything was so much better pre-COVID. Stop living in the past. Jesus isn't back there. You know where Jesus is? He's taking you by the hand saying, let's go. Let's go. I have good things in store for you. A future with a hope. That's what Jesus is saying. That's the invitation. Hey, in the story, Lot and his wife and children, the angels had him by the hand and was leading him forward. I mean, picture, picture that. Picture an angel holding you by the hand and moving you forward. And Lot's wife thought so little of God and his angels that it wasn't enough. If God sent an angel to rescue her, Lot's wife didn't believe that that was enough proof that God was going to do good for her moving forward. What has God done for all of us? And we doubt his goodness? Shame on us. Remember Lot's wife, Jesus says. Where's your faith? In yourself? Yeah, Pastor Rob, you don't understand. Listen, Jesus understands. 
He understands betrayal. He understands pain. He understands neglect. He understands being abandoned by people. He understands all of that. And his counsel to us, remember Lot's wife. Stop thinking your best life is behind you and realize that God's plan for you is to give you a future with blessing and hope. And it's okay to doubt, but give God the little bit of faith that you have and see what he can do. Before I read this verse, I was having a conversation in the lobby between services. And a mother's heart was absolutely broken. Her family's destroyed. I said to her, are you coming into the service? She says, no, I'm going in. And I said, I said, God's got something for you in the service. And I shared this verse with her. Can I share it with you? Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says, everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake, listen, will receive a hundred times as much in return in eternal life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that when Jesus says, yoke up with me, and you say, yeah, but my family, yeah, but my friends, and Jesus says, your best life is ahead of you. Yoke up with me. Let's go. Do you really believe it? And then he ends and says, but many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. So many of you have no idea who Nancy was. The world, in many ways, does not know who Nancy was. She was a spiritual giant. And Jesus said, many who are the greatest now on earth will be the least important in heaven. And those who seem least important here will be the greatest in heaven. What do you want? I promise you, when you get to heaven, Nancy's going to look for one of the biggest mansions in heaven, probably next to Billy Graham or something like that. That's going to be Nancy. I want to be like Nancy. How do you want to spend your eternity? Remember Lot's wife, Jesus said. Paul put it this way, I focus on one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. You cannot run your race looking backwards. You have to look forward in faith. Remember Lot's wife. Give God the faith that you have, as broken as it is, and believe that his plans for you are for good to give you a future and a hope. And watch what he does. Watch what he does. And will you stand with me, please? We're going to sing one more song. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll be dismissed.
Father, thank you for the challenge today. Remember Lot's wife. Remember her doubt. Remember that she really thought her stuff was so good, you were just going to give her cheap stuff in return. Remember that she doubted you doing good things for her and her family. Because God, there's Lot's wife in every single one of us. And I pray that as we leave here, we remember those words. Remember Lot's wife. Don't live a life of doubt. Don't live a life of looking backwards. Run the race before us and look forward in faith and in hope, believing that you are the high priest of all the good things to come. And you're going to bless us. And even when this world is brutal and people abuse us, Lord, and we are mistreated and we feel neglected, God, you promise that heaven will be so different and you will welcome us in for all of eternity and we will be part of your family forever. You'll never forsake us. You'll never leave us, Lord. And we will celebrate with you for all of eternity. That is something to look forward to. Help us, God, this week to remember Lot's wife. And we pray in your son's precious name. Amen.